Hi, I'm Kristen. And I'm Mike. And we're lost in the Sunnydale stacks. This is the Sunnydale Stacks, where every other week we immerse ourselves in the world of Sunnydale, California, and review two episodes of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. This week, we're dusting off same time, same place, and help. We asked, you answered, and Mike has no idea. It's a stacker surprise. I don't know why, but the image when I made that noise was of a tiny man falling out of a plane. Me too! Oh, yay! (laughs) Same brain. (laughs) So I asked the stackers, what was your reaction when you heard that Buffy the Vampire Slayer would be ending after seven seasons? Was it the right time? Was there more to tell? And had we gotten all we needed to from the series? Luke said on Facebook, it could have ran longer, but it finished on a high note, and he likes that. Yeah. Tim said on Twitter, as a person who stopped halfway through season six, I can see why they stopped after seven seasons. I just lost the luster to watch. Listening to your show has shown me that I was wrong to stop. I should have finished it when it was on Netflix. Thanks, Tim. (laughs) Hannah said, I'd actually given up and abandoned the show not long after the musical episode. I'd struggled with the glory storyline. Oz had abandoned ship and Giles was not in so much. However, thanks to my wonderful friend, Jem, and our bonding over Buffy, we spent the entire of the first year of uni binge-watching it all, to the point where I actually have read seasons 8 and 9 in comic form, which I love. It sort of gave it a new lease of life and opened it up to things that would have been possible as a TV show. Red said, I feel like there's still a hole, even though in the comics continued themes. While some bits of Buffy were getting a bit stale, I still feel like there wasn't a lot of closure. Also, hey, justice for Anya. Like, damn, she gets a six-second death scene? <laughs> Tara got a better send-off, and Anya played a larger role in the group. To which I asked Red, like, okay, so you didn't like season seven. Do you think it needed a whole other eight season or just a better season seven? And she said, I would have accepted a better finale and let it end. An eighth season probably would have been subpar considering how season seven was going besides Tommy Link's quips. Hmm. Megan said, by season seven, the tone of the show had shifted to be so much heavier that I was kind of ready for it to be done. Although I still read the comic, so obviously I wanted more. But there's no way the show could do some of the storylines from the comic, so I'm good with the transition. And Jennifer said, although I was crushed when Buffy the Vampire Slayer ended, in my heart, I knew it was time to say goodbye. Honestly, as far as storylines go, season five would have been a good end point. Thank goodness it wasn't. Although I would have been giddy if there had been a Slayer spinoff. Imagine Spike, Faith, and Andrew guiding the new Slayers. That would have been hilariously entertaining. And what a love triangle. Oh, my. Oh, (laughs) their bedroom look like. Uh, So, Mike, what do you think? I think that it's it's basically... In this form, I think it was the right time mm-hmm. for it to not be a, you know, Buffy the Vampire Slayer show on the air. I wish that the universe had continued, mm-hmm. um, maybe through another spinoff, like mentioned of, uh, following some characters trying to lead Slayers. Um, another, uh, a version you had kind of propositioned is maybe like following some Slayers throughout time. Yeah. Um, expanding the universe in that way. Also, uh, uh, to bring it back to a, a, an old horse I've, I've beaten, just like continuing Angel, cause it, like that show, mm. I think it died before its time. Mm-hmm. Cause it had its best season by far and then just got killed off. Mm-hmm. Like at least this one, they kind of knew it was going to be the final season to a degree that they were able to make it a final season and a more 
satisfying way than a lot of shows do. There's still some issues we'll get to when we get to especially some of the later episodes. Um, but even just stuff like the montage of all the big bads in the, in the premiere episode, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff makes it nice to feel like a finale. Uh, and I'm glad they have the comic books to, if you want to see it live out in that vein, but I, I do wish they had done something to make more of a, a TV universe possible. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably just a matter of timing. Like it was just TV at the time didn't have the space for that because mm-hmm. it was still a little bit too much of the old ways of TV. There wasn't a Netflix streaming a bunch of original content when Buffy went off the air. Um, but if, you know, Buffy had ran 10 years later, I think there's a good chance we'd be getting like new seasons, even if they're like mini series seasons of like five episodes or something, um, on Netflix. And that would be really cool. I do think they, they found a good time to end the show as it was. Mm-hmm. I am. Um... Yeah, I agree. I, I, I think the Buffy storyline, like in terms of like her development as mm-hmm. a character came full circle. Yeah. I know everything I need to know and want mm-hmm. to know about Buffy. Like, yeah. especially the season seven finale mm-hmm. episode. That is a definitive end for that character. I don't need to see that continue. Now, granted, I was heartbroken when they announced that oh, sure. Buffy was ending, but yeah, I feel the same way that like, I would have watched a Spike spinoff. I would have mm-hmm. watched a Faith spinoff. Yeah. Just because I'm kind of done with Buffy the character does mm-hmm. not mean that, like, I don't want more of this same style yeah. of show. I don't really read the comics. I read mm-hmm. season eight, um, and Chris picked up some, um, issues of season 10 or maybe all of season 10. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I still felt like, yeah, this is fine, but. I'm good with what I have of Buffy. Yeah. What I did find interesting was like, um, Willow has her own complete separate storyline in the comic mm. books. And that, like, again, it, that's interesting. The universe, yes, Buffy the character, she has a full circle. I'm yeah. good with her. We don't need to see Buffy go anyplace else. We've seen her go to hell and back or heaven really? and back, more honestly. Yeah. Now let's head into the Sunnydale stacks and open the books on same time, same place. I guess Christmas is not here. All right, so let's uh, open up the books on same time, same place. God, I wish Mike would show up. It's yeah, never on time. Just, uh, we, we already recorded part of the episode. This is so weird. Where did she go? Uh, I guess I can just... Um, that yellow crayon sign is fun, right, guys? Man, if he's not going to be here, I'm just going to get started. Ah, oh, that famous Sunnydale airport. Is it weird how there's like one airport? He's got the sign. I don't know. This is hard to do by yourself. Just... Okay, so the Scoobies are waiting by the airport, uh, and then Willow comes off the plane, but we find out that the two scenes, they happen at the same time. Same place? <laughs> what? Who's laughing? Who's that laughing? Ah! End scene. Okay, good. I was like, I don't know how to end this! <laughs> well, we just have to kill the gnarl. Oh. It's the cat. Sorry, gnarl. He doesn't like being called the Nara. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we, we should be proper. Um, so have you ever seen the movie Sliding Doors? Uh, no. Okay. I know the premise and that's, I feel like, as much as I need out of that movie is that premise. The premise is the same as this episode. Yeah, but like, wait, is it? Yeah. I thought the premise of Sliding Doors was like, what if 
you did or didn't do something. I mean, yeah, but it's the same idea where you've got. And those are two completely different ideas. But you're seeing the same scene with di- with two different like points of view. Well, stylistically, it's it's similar, but it's <sighs> like splitting hairs over here. I don't, I think it's the, the premise is entirely there's the, there's not a supernatural element to sliding doors. That's okay, so it's not a, preventing the, preventing somebody uh, from seeing something. It's somebody making a different choice. You're being so difficult. It's more like like uh, sliding doors and Run Lola Run are similar. I've seen that. Um, this is more like, I don't know, a Christmas carol. Okay. I'm right. <laughs> um, so yeah, Scoobies are there to pick up Willow. Xander's got his yellow crayon sign and being not humble about saving the world. Yeah. My mouth saved the world. <laughs> ladies. I feel like so many Xander lines should just have ladies at the end. <laughs> I think that would be super appropriate. We did mm. have, mm. I apologize for whomever I had this conversation with on Facebook. It was forever ago and I don't mm. remember. I had a conversation with one of the stackers on Facebook about how kind of toolish Xander is throughout all of season six mm. and like yeah. unforgivably. <laughs> and that cover, it was a really interesting, yeah. great conversation. And it's kind of opened my eyes to like, yeah, he is a patriarchal tool. Like, you just, you, you kind of suck. <laughs> yeah, he definitely has a lot of those elements. I feel like, the thing that is redeemable is that you can always feel like you always feel like Xander is trying. Yeah, like he fails a lot. But he and gets does points for of, effort. Yeah, he does a lot of like stupid crap that like he's just not thinking or he's you know being territorial as opposed to like trying to be logical or empathetic. But uh, I mean, he's he's always striving. That's that's why I find it relatable about him is like, yeah, he'll 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 fuck up. He'll be a bit of a tool, but at least he's trying. As opposed mm-hmm. to like, say a Warren or even, yeah. you know, a Jonathan to a lesser extent. Yeah. So, yeah, Willow never gets off the plane, but that's not true because we see the exact same scene from her point of view where she gets off the plane and the Scoobies aren't there. What? This is really well done where there are certain things that they do so that you know it's the exact same scene, not just mm. later. Like they show you the clock. Yeah. Um, they have a very distinctive family mm-hmm. getting a fight in front of her. And I forget what the generic line is, but it's like a little awkward of like, I'm going to have to put you two in a jail cell. Like it's something like very loud and awkward. So you, it just sticks in your memory. Of like that's a weird thing to say. This. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in like how they did this because the two openings are so identical. Mm-hmm. That's like, how did you get your, the family? To fight in the literal exact same way. Well, I, I think I noticed this time an editing point of when he picks up the backpack, that's a different shot from leading up to him. And you don't see Willow behind him. You don't see Willow. Okay. Smart. So up until that point, I think it's the same shot. Prove me wrong, Sackers, if you can. And then they just have to do it from there, but it's still like, there's still a lot of stuff that you have to kind of line up to make it. And I don't know if somebody's found like, mm, there is an error. This person is, has his coffee cup in the left hand, hmm. but it's definitely not something you'd notice just watching. No, yeah, it's so good. And it's so sad when she gets off the plane and no one's there to greet her. Yeah, it's I... like when you throw a party and nobody comes. Oh. But then you have to find your way home from the party because you're not even at home. You see the party at like an abandoned warehouse and we're expecting to get a, Right back. Is this not happening to other people? Mike, and do then, we need to talk? And then you, you realize that you, you lost your pants and you don't have any pants anymore. And it's just all the voices are in your head. What were we saying? Send help. Yeah, this is the idea of like no one wishing you a happy birthday. And she's like, welcome home, me. 
Oh, yeah. Poor Willow. But all of this is so good. The idea that, like, we need to, you know, rather than do stuff like, say, not addressing a rape, Mm -hmm. um, we're addressing the fact that, like, she's still your best friend, but she also tried to kill you Mm -hmm. and the world. So, like, the Scoobies are like, I am nervous about seeing her. Mm -hmm. And she's like, I'm nervous about them seeing me. Yeah, and you can have both the characters, like, express those things without it being, like, a big buildup of them just tra- – of, like, Willow traveling and them waiting. Yeah. That's not really fun to watch. But if they're both simultaneously solving a mystery and mm-hmm. they just can't see each other, but they're being able to express these feelings, that's a lot more entertaining. Yes, and I so like the, the more complicated emotion of, like – Wanting to see someone at the same time, not the, mm-hmm. I mean, just that, like, I'm happy she's home, but also maybe not. Yeah. Uh, so we cut to a graffiti artist. It doesn't look like he's proofreading. It looks like he's like, he's definitely not spray, really doing that. Spray. Hmm. Well, he has this weird position where it's like, uh, oh, yeah, I, sp- I spelled that correct. I spelled Spider Mac correct. <laughs> well, you don't want to s- switch the R and the E and then they think you're like French or something. So I use the term graffiti artist on purpose Mm -hmm. because graffiti always fascinates me. So like, I don't know if you've noticed lately, there's more public art going up in Chicago and more like public paintings and walls that are now mosaics or Mm -hmm. murals. Reason is um, the more public art you have, the less graffiti art that you will have because graffiti artists do consider themselves artists and Mm. they won't desecrate someone else's work yeah that makes sense i think that's fascinating Mm. and kind of makes me have respect for graffiti even though they do it at to our building at work all the time Mm. uh just i need to paint a mural on the side of work that would be great i I don't know i think that's interesting well i i I will definitely appreciate more viewers who like does like an interesting image and it's not just like their name. Your tag. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's always a little lame. Now I'm going to get tagged. Oh boy. <laughs> so we meet the gnarl. Ooh, he's so creepy. It's such a great intro the way he mm-hmm. likes just, we see like a silhouette and then mm-hmm. he snaps his nails, which yeah. is such a gross sound. Yeah. And it's kind of like warriors come out and play. <laughs> One of the things I really loved, especially watching it this time is he feels so much like a fairy tale monster. Yeah. There's like something like old this old European tradition to him in some way where it just feels like, ooh, this is some like story that the children were told before they went to bed, and if you're mm-hmm. bad, the gnarl will come. Yes. And I think what's so fun to watch about mm-hmm. Gnarl is that he's having so much fun. Oh yeah. He's having a blast, and yeah. so like as much as like, oh, he cursed me out, mm-hmm. I kind of want to see more of him. He reminds me a lot of, especially earlier, Freddy Krueger. Yeah. The kind of the nails are similar to the the knife mm-hmm. glove. He uses that. The way he talks and taunts his victims, where it's menacing, but also a little funny. Mm-hmm. And then he's just super creepy looking when you finally see him, but in a fascinating way where it's like, oh, I want to know what that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his voice, his voice is super distinctive. Mm-hmm. Um, I always, when I hear it, think of him in Powerpuff Girls. Oh, okay. That like, rising so high and coming so low. Yeah. Yeah, the extremes in pitch and where it's, it feels like a creature who isn't human talking. Yeah. And little sing-songy. And, mm-hmm. oh, oh. <laughs> 
Willow goes home, but no one's there to meet her. What a sad little house. <laughs> uh, luckily, Buffy keeps the back door unlocked, even though she lives on the fucking hellmouth. And, well, and it's a very convenient house, because she also, in addition to leaving the back door unlocked, has a nameplate on her door. Oh, does she? Yes. It's a little, like, like a Bortlart license plate, but Buffy on her, on her door. <laughs> it's like, come on, guys. <laughs> we, we can, we can gather that this was Buffy's room. We've seen it before. We've recognized it. Yeah. Yeah. We, I'm pretty sure for this far into the series, we get it. Uh, it's her first time back in the bedroom since Tara was shot. Mm. Oh, I would not be able to sleep there ever again. Yeah. Or maybe in the house. If you open the little book. The little book and under yeah. family phone numbers, it has all the Scoobies. Because mm. they're family. Oh my God, that broke my heart when I saw it. I was like, I love you, Willow. Not to detract from the show, but what happened to Willow's mom? Yeah, what happened to... Yeah, well, you're never going to hear from any of their parents ever again. Because, like, she was definitely a character in an episode. We met her. Yeah, no, we met her. We also met Vander's parents. But, yeah, Willow just... I don't know. Mom, Dad, I have an internship in England. Yeah. It's like, oh, what happened to the girl you were dating? Oh, she got shot. Yeah. I, uh, oh, okay. Where have you been? Um, I got sick, so then I went to England? Maybe she's just, like, the worst parent ever. I mean, like, yeah. parents. She, she had two. I don't remember the dad really. We didn't on. see him, but okay. we, she talked about him because when she talks about having to watch Scooby-Doo at Xander's place, because oh, yeah. I think it was like I- Ira. It was a super Jewish name. <laughs> I, I, Ira, What's his last name? Uh, Rosenberg. Rosenberg. Yeah. Ira Rosenberg's only daughter yeah. <laughs> celebrating Christmas. It was cute. It was funny. But he exists. He exists. Unless he was all a figment of Willow's imagination. He wasn't there the whole time. False. <laughs> uh, so the door slams and she goes to check it and no one's there oh, unless you flip ghost. over that coin the scoobies come home and they're worried willow's still evil it was them slamming the door <gasps> they hear willow drop the address book but they don't see her so they mm-hmm. uh, come back down and sit in her yeah it's very weird if you're into that sort of thing <laughs> the next morning sees no improvement Willow runs into Anya, who is not thrilled to see someone who almost killed her. But no, it looked no. that it's Anya, so rather than being, like, scared about it like the Scoobies are, she just straight up says, like, are you going to kill everyone again? Like, what the <laughs> yeah. fuck? So I always associate certain seasons of Buffy with times of day. Like, there are just mm. certain se- seasons where it's like, oh, season one always takes place, like, right before sundown. Like, there's always mm. kind of this dusk air quality um season four always seems to take place like at 1 p.m when it's super fucking bright out yes um most seasons take place you know at night season five just took place during uh depression but season seven is another one that's like this is bright yeah this is a bright fucking season everything is bright it feels like they're trying to like ape the style of the first couple seasons in some ways especially when they're like Especially when they're at Sunnydale, but throughout the season, like, it's a little brighter than it has been in past ones, which sometimes is fine, but sometimes it just feels like this doesn't fit what the actual content is right now, and it Mm. just looks like you're filming drama like you'd film a comedy. Yeah. That's weird. That's why Buffy's face on the box set is so blown out, because season seven's so (laughs) fucking bright. That's why there's a white sunburst, because season seven, (laughs) all the sun... What is Sunnydale? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fucking box set. 
Anya catches Willow up on what the Scoobies have been up to and suggests that everyone might be at the new high school, which is a good bet. Yeah. But when Willow goes to investigate, she finds a flayed body. Uh-oh. I think we know who did that. Predator. <laughs> Crossover. I could see him existing in the Buffyverse, yeah. Uh, which, so- He's searching for the Queller demon? Uh, it wouldn't be hard for the, I mean, like, you pit the Queller against Predator. It's gonna be a short fight. <laughs> no, the Queller is his lost dog. Yeah. Here, Quelly. That's the noise he makes. <laughs> oh, that thing. Uh, so Buffy and Xander also find the flayed body at the same time. All this is very bad news for Willow's reputation. Mm. Uh, she, you know, she's, she's done this once. Yeah. Willow makes her way to the basement where she's intercepted by Spike, who's crazy again this week. Insane in the basement. <laughs> and this is great because he's talking to Willow and Buffy at the same time yeah. to the, it kind of makes sense to the person he's talked to, mm-hmm. but also he may be just crazy because he's crazy and i just love it and some of it works for both like you went away but the either mm-hmm. you're glowing uh, what's another word for that <laughs> gotta rhyme uh oh. I, d- I mean i like this because again he's william again so yep. like all right all right effulgent boy mm-hmm. did you hear that new song effulgent boy effulgent boy that ooh. i think i'm gonna rename this podcast the effulgent podcast it does sound like like an NPR show. <laughs> it does. The Effulgen Podcast. <laughs> I'm your host, Laura Withersben. <laughs> but you know, it's it's a he's a Fulgent boy, like a Fulgent boy that you you got the the, the ooh you got the a Fulgent boy that oh. I have no idea what you're doing. It's like Soldier Boy. <laughs> oh, but a Fulgent boy. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it took okay. A parody song for no one. <laughs> for Kristen to get the punchline, you just have to really drive it all. You got to fold and ball that. <laughs> uh, I like the moment when he realizes, like, everyone's talking to me, mm-hmm. but no one's talking to each other. Oh, crisscross. Weirdly, something that I say <laughs> kind of often <laughs> um, with no meaning behind it. It's yeah. just something that, like, I don't know. When my brain's working, I'll just repeat, button, button. Who's got the button? Oh, my no. money's on the witch. <laughs> Ooh, the witch part makes it really... Yeah, creepy. it means nothing, but oh. it's... I talk to myself a lot. I see where as what I usually do is ask people if they've ever danced with the devil in the pale moonlight. <laughs> Super normal. Yep. Uh, so Willow goes to Anya's apartment. <laughs> she says, someone took someone's skin off. Was it you? No. At the same time, they blame yes. each other. Great. I also love the line of, enjoy my personal space. Yeah. Yeah. That is something that I, w- I, I should incorporate to my everyday mm. life. Because Please, enjoy my personal space. It's just when I'm going to start saying to people at the grocery store. Ooh. Yeah, I fucking hate the grocery store. Get away from me, people. They do a spell together. Get those sexy. Sexy magic. <laughs> Uh, and some research found that one of the characters in one of the, uh, candles is the word love. I'm just saying, if they had had season eight, could have had some Wanya action. I want to watch that. It'd be mm-hmm. hot. Oh, you know they'd bigger all the time. <laughs> That's true. I think, mean, is there anyone that Anya wouldn't bigger with? No. <laughs> no. Uh, so they do the spell that the lights up a map to show you where all the demons are in town. And it's really cute when Anya's like, that one's me. No. And there's a bunch at the um, high school, but so many that whoosh catches fire. 
Really, you got to get more fireproof maps if you're living in Sunnydale. Absolutely. Uh, but it points out the um, cave by the bluffs. Mm-hmm. Sure. Did you notice the name? It's Wilkins Grove. Uh, After Mayor Wilkins! I love that! Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Great detail. Mm-hmm. Anya can't teleport to check on one of the demons in the woods because, hey, she lost her teleporting privileges. <laughs> I like that she has to file a flight plan. <laughs> I like it. I like the idea of demoning being like a real job with yeah. paperwork. Well, I feel like with any kind of demon where it's like I'm going to make a wish or a deal, that's the only way it can kind of make sense because otherwise it's like you're just God then. Yeah. <laughs> if you can just do whatever with no oversight, then you're just a God. Dawn is doing research. Um, She finds the gnarl. Ooh. Who, uh, just gnarl, please. She finds gnarl uh, who paralyzes his victims and then slowly eats strips of their skin while they're still alive and oh, laps God we don't up see the it. blood. Oh, bleh. God. And like, when you watch him do it, the teeniest little strip, mm. this would take forever. Forever. Ugh. Ugh. Uh, they use Spike to track the demon using the minute traces of blood. Super smart. Mm-hmm. And then you get to the cave. Gnarl just really likes to shame loners. <laughs> I mean, that's who, who goes after but, like, he's got to rub their fucking noses in it first. When really what That's they should the real say is, like, move. oh, where are all your friends, Gnarl? Right? Like, I understand, like, okay, so you need to eat people to live. Mm-hmm. Like, wrong, but still, like, that's your food. Yeah. You don't need to shame them first. Fuck no. you. Well, maybe it's the kind of thing where it's, like, shame makes the meat taste better. <laughs> yeah, it's just his special sauce. Mm-hmm. You know. And also uh, horsey sauce. Oh, yeah. I don't like that because then you think, like, it's made out of horses. No, it's just horsey. It's horse-like substitutes. It's like horseradish. Oh, oh, God. Okay, great. Yeah, mule. So much better. But it makes sense that he goes after loners because then if it's going to take hours for you to kill your victim, you don't want someone that people are going to be looking for. Mm -hmm. Maybe this could have happened to Marcy. Uh Uh-oh. It's a good thing she went invisible first. Paralyzes and scratches It's like Crystal Pepsi. (laughs) What? It's like Crystal Mercy. It's like Crystal Pepsi. Cause it's a food that would usually not be clear. But then it is. <laughs> Just like Crystal Pepsi. Sure. Okay. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Crystal Pepsi. You're so fucking weird. <laughs> Uh, so it paralyzes and scratches dawn Mm -hmm. they flee and seal up the cave with willow inside oh that's not good nope so it you know scratches willow Mm -hmm. yep Um, i love the little detail where 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 gnarl says that spells leave him alone yeah which is like extra creepy it makes him feel even more like old and with him personifying them like spells are my friends yeah they love me. Like, ooh, creepy. Ugh. And I love whenever they do that. They do it a couple times in, in Buffy and Angel. Have like demons that are super crazy old or uh, like before timesy. Mm-hmm. There's like one in Angel that says something about how, oh, you're using word magic. I don't believe in words. I believe in blood magic. And then he like does stuff with blood and it's all creepy. So his taunting gives a voice to all her worries about her friends not wanting her. I just, oh God, I like, I love hate this guy so much. Mm-hmm. Like he creeps me the fuck out, yeah. 
but like that's wonderful because mm-hmm. he should that yeah. means that like he was so well acted and so mm-hmm. well written that like super effective those nails oh the nails the singing the gone all gone with Brady song oh. it's the fact that he's enjoying it so much he's real he's real into it guys Ugh. i feel like i need you're were you gonna say that gnarl is your spirit animal no, I was going to say, like, Gnarl just is, like, the voice of all my insecurities. So, like, when oh. I hear that voice in my head, it should be the Gnarl being like, you're not good enough. <laughs> click, clack. You, you should be doing something else right now. Click, clack. <laughs> uh, so, the Gnarl is played by Camden Troy, mm-hmm. who is also a gentleman, an uber vamp, and an angel. He will be the Prince of Lies. I mean, aren't we all at some time? <laughs> Uh, so the peeling off of the skin is effective. Ooh, that is yummy willow strips. Uh, Anya babysits a paralyzed Don. It is exactly yeah. the Tin Man. He's also. I'm actually shocked they didn't make that reference. That is surprising. Yeah, yeah that's like a gimme. She's also posable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I used to complain uh, a lot about how much she doesn't hold still, mm-hmm. but like you can see her shaking. But, like, that's hard for an actor. Well, yeah. And also, there's the kind of element of even if you're frozen, like, there's still outside factors influencing your body mm-hmm. where it's not not necessarily a breeze indoors, but you're not made of stone. You're still, like, fleshy material. Yeah. So yeah. you're not going to be 100%. Uh, when they get back to the case. So, so Anya drops that, oh, I helped Willow. So they know that she is in town. When they get back to the cave, Anya can see her, but mm. no one else can, which yeah. is great. When Buffy goes to fight Narl, Xander is holding a sword. Buffy's holding a short little dagger. And she has like a knife fight, like West Side Story yeah. style, with Narl, um, with this teeny tiny little dagger. You want distance between yourself and those Dales? And also, yeah, they know this going in. And they're leaving from Buffy's, specifically the living room, where we know there's a chest full of weapons. Full of weapons. What? And, like, I watched her Take put Take two that, swords. I watched her put that little jagger into her, like, an ankle holster. I'm like, you have never done that before. No. What is that little thing? And, I mean, this is only so it's an evenly matched fight, I'm yeah. sure, because otherwise, like, Buffy would just take this dude. Well, and it, it, I almost want to think it's something where that day, Buffy was like, you know, I should have, like, a thing. I'm going to have, like, a like a, like a dagger in my boot. It's gonna be my thing. <laughs> it's just like not even thinking about whether it'd be good for the fight. Like, yeah, I'm doing my my dagger in the boot thing. It's, <laughs> it's gonna be my thing now. Oh, and here's the other thing: if she had a longer weapon, she wouldn't have to shove her thumbs through his eyeballs, which is awesome, though. <laughs> I also like the idea of they never explicitly say this, but I I want to think that that's the only way to kill him, which also feels like a like super old demon way like just you have to destroy his eyes correct me if i'm wrong isn't this also how she killed der kinderstad possibly maybe they're related and then with what happens to xander later i think jaws has a thing with eyes mm. well i mean specifically thumbs in eyes i think he has a thing well i mean if you're gonna kill somebody in the eyes would that actually kill somebody i think it depends because it doesn't kill xander yeah but like I think maybe the pressure of both going straight in. I don't know. Let's get some thumb guys on the line. <laughs> We're going to get the interns to go get th- go call the thumb guys. Well, I guess call the eye guys. Call the eye guys and the thumb guys. <laughs> Have them 
Talk. No, you you call the thumb guys. You this is why they're interns. You call the eye guys. Just split you don't no just split into groups. Interns. Oh now they're turning into a bunch of tiny little versions of themselves. It's weird. That is inefficient. And now they're sweeping the floor. They're just parodying Fantasia at this point. How are you gonna carry my coffee when you're that small? It will crush you. Yeah, it's gonna be like a thirty person team of little tiny people carrying coffee. That's not gonna be efficient. Interns. Uh Willow energizes into the scene. Why? <laughs> it is right out of Star Trek. Yeah. And it's like glittery and pretty. Mm-hmm. Inappropriate. <laughs> It's so happy in such a non-happy moment. And that's exactly why I'm so glad they don't have any moments where you see one of the actors walking through the other. Because it would have been like... Ridiculous. Yeah. Early episodes of Quantum Leap Bad. <laughs> where, if you're not familiar with the show, they had a lot of effects where somebody was a hologram. And let's just say 1980s, early 1990s, wasn't pulling off that effect that great. <laughs> hey, we're not prepared for that. Nope. They open that script and they go, shit. How are we doing this? I guess we're going to have to overlay and say, yeah, that's good enough. It's TV. Later, Willow is healing herself. Uh, It turns out that she did a spell without meaning to. She just wanted or was so worried about the Scooby seeing her that she made it happen that they couldn't see her. And given her like thing with control, scary. But like, oh, I was not in control of that Mm -hmm. situation. Uh, But they let each other off the hook. Yeah. And this is... Nice. This is the reunion that we need after last last season. And it's okay that Buffy's not a hundred percent sure that Willow's back to normal, mm-hmm. or that she thought it might be Willow during the flame, because those are both smart concerns to have given mm-hmm. Willow's past. Yeah, you can't just sweep it under the rug, but you still want to be there for your friend. You can do both. Buffy offers for Willow to use her energy to heal herself. It's oh. nice image of in profile of them like meditating and holding Bubby hands. gives willow strength oh metaphor i also love how willow describes that she's using meditation to heal her stomach uh in regenerating new skin and Buffy's little quip about clem should really cut back <laughs> it's a girl <laughs> i just imagining he's like oh 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 <laughs> But he just loves meditating so much. The gnarl has a second career in liposuction. Here's he he nips people's stomach. He just ta- he just takes a thing, and then you just pinch those two pieces together. Flatter stomach. Now you will have your beach body. <laughs> <laughs> but like that's the unlikely friendship that should have happened, gnarl and Clem, because yeah. I'll just be like, "Can I take a little bit of you?" <laughs> like, oh sure, whatever. Yeah, plenty to spare. Wibble, wibble. <laughs> Make that noise again. Wibble, wibble. <laughs> isn't that, isn't that Clem's catchphrase? Am I misremembering that? <laughs> no, I think that's completely accurate. He just, every time he enters the room, puts his arms out, waves them back and forth going, wibble, wibble. <laughs> so what's the lesson in same time, same place? Self-fulfilling prophecy. Sometimes you're so convinced you're going to bomb a test that you don't study as hard as you should thereby fulfilling that worry. Or you're so nervous about an interview that you act like a total spaz, thereby fulfilling that prophecy. So try not to sabotage yourself by worrying about what might happen. You might be surprised. And uh, don't don't go into caves alone. Don't go into caves alone. That is just dumb. Super dumb. So what do you think of this one? I love this episode. I feel like it's got nice character stuff for all the characters I care about. <laughs> Uh, it is one of the best villains the show has ever done, in my opinion. 
from design to dialogue, execution, performance, like everything is just on point with it. I think it's a great episode in the overarching story of the season, uses things really effectively, the using Spike to have the two conversations, super cool, super just, oh, of course you do that in this episode, that's great. It's just a solid episode that if I am, let's say I would just want to watch a season seven episode and don't want to watch like a whole big arc. This is one of the ones I go to first, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, I love this one as well. I, I, it's such a unique premise mm-hmm. for the show. My only complaint is that I think it drags a little bit in the beginning. Like mm-hmm. when it, you know, I like the opening scene, but between yeah. like, Willow getting home to the cave, everything feels kind of slow. Yeah. Um, there's no real urgency to anything that's happening. So th- I would like it to pick up a bit. Well, that's fair. And it is hard to kind of keep that going when it's every scene is at least partially the same thing again. Right. And everyone, is, I mean, like I understand Willow just kind of dragging her feet mm-hmm. because of her situation and the Scoobies are just going through their day, but that just means that, like, oh, my God, you guys, somebody threw a pie. That is uh, the solution to most writing problems. I I mean, more pies, guys. (laughs) More pies. Oh, okay, Uh, it's time for a break. Hear from our sponsor. Unable to fly on your own when visiting the most supernaturally cheery place in California? Try Sunnydale International Airlines. When you fly with Sunnydale International Airlines, you can relax knowing you're safe with us, barring some sort of flying demon that attacks the plane. Or dragon. Our unparalleled customer service team will see to your absolute comfort. Our window shades block out 100% of sunlight, you know, in case that appeals to you. Wink, wink. For in-flight entertainment, choose from over 1,000 TV shows, movies, and runes. And our beverage service is the most diverse of its kind. From Bloody Marys to Holy Water to O Positive, you'll feel refreshed. And Sunnydale International Airlines is the number one airline to fly into major metropolitan small towns. Based out of Sunnydale, California, visitors can enjoy impressive attractions such as the Sunnydale Museum, Sunnydale Zoo, Sunnydale University, the World Culture Fair, and I think the beach. There's a beach, right? Yeah, sure. All in one afternoon. That's because travel is no problem when there's only one thoroughfare in the entire town, city, village. And Sunnydale holds the Guinness World Record for most cemeteries in one municipality. So fly Sunnydale International Airlines. Nonstop flights to L.A., the English countryside, and somewhere in Africa available daily. Sunnydale, the biggest little city, town, village, kingdom, county in the world. It's time to put same time, same place back on the shelf and open the books on health. Help me find That's a record. Oh, you're right. (laughs) Uh, So we're in a funeral home. There's an open casket. That's gross. Mm -hmm. Does it feel like this sequence? It feels to me... Like something the writers had always wanted to do. Have a, have just like, let's do an opening where they're waiting at, in a casket place, uh, some kind of mortuary, whatnot. It doesn't it, it feels like that to me. I have They've no solid proof. They've done this before. There was the one, um, 
where Angel killed a girl from school. Mm. And they had an opening where they were just sitting around waiting for her to wake up. But they weren't like all in caskets, were they? Not all of them. No. Okay. I don't think. No. Because it just feels like, oh, I've always wanted to do this. This is the final season. Let's do this. <laughs> and I like this a fake out that you're like, another casket opening. It's a vampire. No, it's uh, Buffy. No, oh, it's a Buffy. <laughs> Teeny tiny Buffy. Is she shrinking? <laughs> she's she's becoming a singularity. She's just she's just so teeny tiny. She well, is. So it doesn't small. help that her little sister is considerably taller than her. Also, I want to point this out. I'm gonna keep pointing it out this season because I think I've noticed something. Have you noticed how much white she is wearing this season? No, I haven't. She is wearing white in every fucking scene. Hmm. Maybe it's a cue that she's going to get married. Some sort of symbolism. She dies. She went to heaven. This is all in heaven. No. Anyways. Are you saying this is a Jacob Sledder scenario? Yes. Anyways, lots of white. Keep an eye out for the white. Buffy Steak's old school teacher. Uh, I I feel weirdly bad for this two second vampire. Like this vampire got no shot. No. Also, I feel bad for her family. Yeah. It's (laughs) like, oh, let's go to the open gate. Why are you creamy here? Why would you cremate her and then spread her ashes in a casket that we pay thousands of dollars you for? Assholes. At least like when someone crawls out of the ground, like the family is still under the impression yeah. that the body's down there and they got to have their funeral and everything. But they're going to show up in the morning and be like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Uh, guys, this is not our aunt. This is apparently an anthill. <laughs> So at school the next day, where Buffy's wearing a different white shirt, and at some point in the middle of the scene, they don't show it, but it happens, she takes off this white shirt to reveal a white tank top. So we know this scene can't take place after Labor Day. (laughs) She's talking to troubled students. There's a bullied girl named Amanda. We don't, I don't think we find out her name here. It's going to be Amanda later. Uh, she's a fucking hero and slammed her bully's face into the pavement. <laughs> uh, and I don't understand why Buffy's not pinning a medal to her shirt. Mm. Uh, there's a reticent male. We're going to find out later that his brother is headed off to the military and he's really worried about him, but he's got to act manly about it, bro. Oh, bro. The home improvement kid, Zachary oh, no. Ty Bryant. As I refer to him in all of my notes as tool time. <laughs> tool time. <laughs> the lesser brother of home improvement. I'm sorry, but it's Jonathan Taylor Thomas all yeah. the fucking way. And then third one. <laughs> I forgot there was a third one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, where, like, yes, this is definitely the older brother on home improvement. The second I see him, I always think of this Outer Limits episode that I caught on TV at like 2 a.m. I think I know this. Yeah. Yeah. And you think he was also a bully in that one. He's with like How a, could he not be with that face? It's like this alien dude that shows up, it, it, like curses detention and like one of you will die at midnight or something. Something really dumb. It was yeah. awful. It was terrible. Yeah. I thought it was an after school special about bullying. <laughs> I had to look it up. It was Outer Limits. Uh, so this turd just wanted out of class. I mean, and this dummy didn't even think of a reason. Yeah, that's good. Make up a story. He's so dumb. He's so <laughs> He's dumb. He's the dumbest. He is, he is like a walking personification of white privilege. Yes. Like, yes. I don't have to do anything because here I am. I'm just going to show up. I should come up with a reason. I guess I don't have one. I'm just going to smile at you. And I think this 30 year old woman is going to be really into me. I think she's 22 or whatever. Now you're saying she's like mom age. It's because she's taking care of a 13 year old. She's acting momish. 
Willow and Xander are having a nice conversation about her magic, which I appreciate that like it's not this isn't awkward. He's mm. cool about it. And it 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 ends at Tara's grave. And also, like they should get out know, the cemetery more. It's right by this lake, apparently. It's beautiful. Yeah, it's lovely. All the other cemeteries seem really compact and and uh this seems sound stagey. <laughs> yeah, they seem to not be outdoors. Um this is nice that like they're just it looks like they're just going for a walk mm-hmm. in nature, which is only weird because they never do that. Yeah. But then there's this reveal that they're surrounded by headstones. Yeah. Um and she approaches Tara's grave. I like the detail of um putting the stones on her gravestone because it's a Jewish tradition. Mm, that is sweet. I like how Xander has to give advice through carpentry, because of course to Xander, everything is fucking carpentry. It's good advice though. Power control the hammer. Not everything is carpentry, Santa. He understands so little. Give him this. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, kid is pretending to be gay in order to hit on Buffy. Did a high school student really do that? I mean, I definitely think if a high school student was smart enough to think of it, they would. <laughs> yeah, they're no, no. Um, also, I recognize a kid. He's on Masters of Sex. He's a uh, he's a fun actor. Oh. Uh, Dawn comes in, which is pretty funny. She's, she's complaining about Buffy to Buffy. And I just like their their interaction is very sisterly. Mm-hmm. Cassie comes in, played by Azura Sky. Mm. I really thought this was the actress at the end of Avengers, the one that plays the waitress. Oh, no, I know. I know who you're talking about. But yeah, yeah. but they look alike, right? Yeah. And they have both like a similar like pale, weird lip girl who seems very sweet quality. Yeah. Uh, she's not doing homework because what's the point? Because next Friday, I'm going to die. Well, that's a bit of a bombshell. Yes. <laughs> I'm very proud of myself for realizing this time, you know, not the first time I saw it, or maybe the seventh time I saw it, but this time, Cassie, Cassandra, a Greek lore. Let's see what they did there. She was cursed with prophetic vision that no one believed. Mm-hmm. I'm so smart. Like I'm so smart. I, I know. That's I bet nobody's pointed that out before. It only took me like watching it 30 times. <laughs> but that's that thing you might not just even think of, like what is Cassie short for? I know I've done stuff like that. It's it's just real stupid stuff. <laughs> like I, I didn't realize that suburban was suburban until college, maybe. <laughs> and I grew up in the suburbs, so like I should know the basics of what the word i'm living in means <laughs> but it's chicago land do you live in a theme park chicago land come visit the sausage <laughs> uh she tells buffy you'll stain your shirt she's and she keeps and uh, i'm sorry this bothers me because mm. she keeps saying i really like that shirt where'd you get it oh no you should put a sweater on it so you don't mm-hmm. stain it no i'm serious you want to put a sweater on so you don't you, i really like that shirt when it's a white tank top? It's a plain rib tank top. Yep. Plain. You can get this for $5 at Old Navy. If you're going to write in the script to make such a big deal of their mm-hmm. spilling, give her some unique... Put give, a couple of bedazzles on there at least. That, something. I was going to say, like an embellished neckline. Yeah. Fine. Like like chiffon sleeves or something on it. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It. Ugh, this is the most basic basic shirt and i'm not using that the millennial term basic i mean literally basic although it is also kind of basic buffy (laughs) buffy you be basic you basic (laughs) speaking of casual racism (laughs) the next scene is where buffy talks to 
uh, Debbie Wood said about growing up in the hood. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's being casually racist there, right? Yeah. Good job, Buffy. Uh, but Wood is not taking this prophetic vision too seriously. He blames teenage drama, says it happens all the time. We'll do what we can, but we can't read minds. And I do like the line of like, I don't usually get a heads up before someone dies. Usually. <laughs> uh, I mean, uh, uh, um, I'm not a superhero. Good cover, Buffy. <laughs> she does spill coffee on her plain white tank top. Oh, no. She'll what? have to pay upwards of $5 to replace that. Wherever will you find one? Uh, and of course, this is fulfills Cassie's little prophecy. Buffy enlists Dawn to spy on Cassie. Uh, who's being asked to winter formal by Mike. Mm, not me. Not you. No, that'd be weird. She cause... wouldn't turn you down. No, well, I mean, <laughs> am I the age I would have been then? Because then we would have been like contemporaries. Now it would be super creepy. <laughs> uh, she refuses, Mike. Um, and I do like the, uh, the cute thing. He's like, he keeps saying, like, I'm going to ace this test. And she just keeps like teasing him, like, you're going to get a B, Mike. Mm. Uh, the Scoobies look up Cassie's records. I don't, I'm not comfortable that with Buffy sharing these with the rest of the Scoobies. That is a little like... Mm. It is, you get to look at her school yeah. records. Mm, I don't think the other rest of the Scoobies do get to. I know it's like, you know, all part of the, like, let's save the day thing. But even if you, like, tell them some stuff, like, just look at it yourself. Then decide what maybe needs to be shared with the group. Yeah. That's, yeah, a little creepy. And calling out early odds technology have you googled her yet well she's 17 oh god <laughs> way to date yourself yeah that that joke would have been the oldest joke in the world simply a year later yeah seriously and now it's just like what oh you mean that verb we all use it's literally in the dictionary now yeah that's yeah it's it's that's wild <laughs> that that's that's weirder to me than the like floppy disk stuff in the earlier seasons yeah like that's the kind of thing that was like oh my god this was really different it's not just like a slightly different media it's like oh we like words were different 15 <laughs> years ago uh cassie's got her own website of poems uh i do like that will is like oh i did too and xander gets really excited she's like i'm over you sweetie <laughs> She wrote me love poems. I just like calling back to yeah the former Willow crush. Like, no, that was that was a silly tip crush. Dawn uh, thinks that it might be Mike, that he doesn't like being rejected. But she also has a violent, drunken dad, mm-hmm. also a culprit. Uh, and they are being really shitty to Dawn here. This yeah. is a good theory. Yeah, it's it's fine. I mean, maybe the part about before he lawyers up is a little weird because uh, you guys don't go to the police ever. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that was a joke, but like their theory is good. So is hers. Maybe just split up. You don't have to all go to the dad. Uh, so Buffy does go to talk to Cassie's dad, who is drunk mm-hmm. and a dick. I, I love it when Cassie does this. I could see him being her dad. Yeah. Like, they don't look so different where it's like, well, that's the actor playing your father. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could always assume if it's not stated that it could be an adopted or, you know, I don't know. But. Like, it just is cool when it's really seems like I could see some of those features being some of her features. Mm-hmm. That makes this a little feel a little grounded in a way that mere acting doesn't always portray. Well, the other thing that grounds it is that he is a three dimensional character. Like, he's mm-hmm. a dick because he straight up calls his own daughter stupid. Yeah. But later, then he, after talking to him for a sec, like, 
he really does love her and yeah. you know and he really wants to like be able to spend all the time he can yeah he only gets the one weekend so not a total dick but that leads buffy to realize he only has partial custody so it's mm-hmm. unlikely he'll have the opportunity to kill her because he doesn't have her that weekend so they leave but oh, cassie's there bum bum she went to a white stripes concert she says it's not him and this is this is my favorite moment of this episode she says, you think I want this? You think I don't care? Mm. And she lists all the things that she wants to get to do that she won't. No. And it is heartbreaking. I even like the part where she has this catty thing about like, and I want to see what my cousins are like when they grow up because they're really mean and I think they're going to get fat. <laughs> Just because it's such like a yeah. catty teenage girl thing that mm-hmm. you're, you know. Oh, I think we all kind of wish for any en- enemies to become less attractive. Fair. Yeah. And I like Buffy's like, it's not just like Buffy's totally empathizing with her in this moment. At that moment, Buffy, even Buffy kind of gets a little chuckle. Like, yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. So who's going to kill Cassie? Oh, hey there, creepy cult. Not the coins. I always get this. With the coins. I always get this mixed up, by the way, with a Veronica Mars episode that also has a creepy cult doing ceremonies in the high school. Guys, don't do cults. Don't, no, cults are bad. If somebody wants you to like put on a robe and commit a human sacrifice, always say no. If somebody wants to, you to put on a robe for anything other than judging or singing sweet church songs. Or if it's a really fluffy, awesome bathrobe. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Or, or okay. If you go to a spa and they hand you a robe. Okay. So it's like five. <laughs> Maybe six because I'm also thinking, hey, what if you're graduating high school? You oh. need a robe. Yeah. Okay. So like, there's those the six reasons. Yeah. Nothing else. <laughs> no robes. Oh, if you're in a boxing match, damn it. (laughs) There's so many ropes. The key here is the human sacrifice. Yeah. Usually not. So it's Thursday night and Buffy has no answers. She seeks Spike's help. But he's in standby mode. That is exactly what is happening right now. When she describes what's happening, that someone's going to hurt a girl. He thinks Uh. that he is the evil and he's going to hurt the girl because, hey, he did. This is the moment I wanted. This is what I've been waiting for. We're on, um, what, the fourth episode of the season? It took too long to get there, but this is what I needed. Yeah. He is heartbroken over what he did mm-hmm. and starts punching him in the face, himself in the face, apologizing for what happened. And I just, I'm good now. I'm good now. I'm done griping about it. I'm good. Yeah, I feel like they, they've kind of finally gotten there. It took a lot of bumps and a lot of like weird detours to get there. And I can now, especially with the whole idea of, this is, you know, William the Bloody. He is a different character than the Spike we've known mm-hmm. because he's, you know, a sin-souled person. And I can now get over what he did as a vampire a little bit more. It's still obviously going to inform their interactions because to Buffy, even though she knows there's been a change, that still looks and sounds like the guy that did that to her. And to Spike, he knows that's something that this body that he has and that in some way is a part of him did that. But with, yeah, finally addressing it a little bit more head on than they had really mm-hmm. and making it a lot more of a, a really an emotional realization for that character. I, I think I'm in a similar place where I can kind of get past that. I, there might still be a couple of points later on where I'm like, but guys what happened before but it's definitely not the place where it was you know at the start of the season where it's like well i can't care about this character anymore right Mm -hmm. on friday they do locker checks uh buffy confronts mike 
But he's not mad. In fact, he's going to ask Dawn. Cassie had mentioned weird coins, and they come pouring out of a locker. <gasps> Somebody won the jackpot. The death jackpot. So the douchebag pranks Don by pretending to ask her to winter formal, but then tells her he was only taking a poll. Oh, and she gets got twice here. Because not only does that guy do that, but this is like the excuse that Cassie uses to like bolt. To bolt. This is something that I saw on TV a lot growing up of mm-hmm. like the cruel fake asking someone to prom yeah. and either like never picking them up. Or never showing up mm. or making fun of the fact, like, you think I'd really want to take you? Ha ha ha. So I knew about this enough by fourth grade that, at, yeah, yeah, I watched a lot of TV. Don't give me that look. That, like, as someone who didn't have a ton of friends, I was, like, just aware of, like, when I'm older, like, I'm going to have to, like, be wary of that. Like, mm. don't look a gift horse in the mouth. If it's too good to be true, it might be. Just be smart about it. So I had a huge crush on this guy, Jesse. Oh, my God, his dimples. He had, like, Jesse. this adorable... Now, you understand, this was... <laughs> I was, it, This was a different time, and it was in North Carolina, so he had a rat tail. Um, <laughs> it was the thing in North Carolina at that time, okay? Everyone had them. You were just following orders? Is that your excuse, Kristen? <laughs> but those dimples, Mike, those dimples... Uh, so one day at recess, one of the popular girls, one of the rich girls, came up to me and said that Jesse wanted to, quote, go with me. Now, for those who don't speak North Carolina. Or 1950s. He wanted to go out with me. Yeah. He wanted me to be his girlfriend. I was positive this was a prank. It was just too good to be true. He was the cutest boy in class. And I was like, I've seen this so many times on TV. I'm a nerd. He's gorgeous. I said, did you... Take your glasses off in front of him <laughs> so that maybe he realized, what? What have I been missing all along? I slowly took down my ponytail <laughs> and shook my hair out. Um, <laughs> was that playing in the background? Uh, so I said, absolutely not. Gross. It wasn't a prank, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> he was really asking me out. So in like an alternate universe, I'd be doing this podcast with like, Mrs. Jesse, what's his name? I don't know. I remember what his last name was. Yeah. No, I don't know. Um, probably not. But yeah, just okay. So maybe I can let down my guard a little bit. <laughs> uh, so TV lies. So the cult of douchebags mm-hmm. are doing a spell to be rich. It's like, didn't you get enough money from Home Improvement there, little tool time? They're so no- noble. Let's kill someone. So I have ultimate riches. Yeah. I mean, this is the same thing as like the snake cult in Reptile Boy. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like there's a difference. Those were college kids, which I expect to be more assholeish and evil. Like, these are high schoolers. You're supposed to be a little more innocent. I mean, but high schoolers can be awful, too. High schoolers are the worst. They booby trap the fire exits, which will be important later. Yep. Cassie is their sacrifice. She's a loner. No one's going to miss her. She has all that sad poetry. They're not going to blame us. kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy in a way. Yes. You know, if she hadn't been like, oh, I'm all bummed about how I'm going to be a dead girl, then maybe they wouldn't have chosen her to be the dead girl. That won't matter, but we'll find out why in a second. What? Uh, Buffy was hiding in a cloak. That coin boy ratted them out, (laughs) which I love. Yeah. Uh, The demon shows... This costume looks familiar. Doesn't it look familiar? 
I mean, it looks like what they did for a lot of later Buffy and Angel stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if there's like similar elements. I think it's an angel costume they were used, like the spiky shoulders. Yeah, a little I bit think, like I think what was his name Skippy? Was it the Guardian guy? The guy? Yeah, 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 yeah. With the yeah, well, yeah. I think the same guy. Yeah. Okay. I think definitely, if if not like a clone, then definitely use a lot of similar elements, maybe like similar construction type. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I love this. Spike shows up. Says no hurting the girl. And he references the line from earlier. We said William is a bad man because he was sad. And then they uh, they ask who who are you, and he says a bad man. Yeah, but this thinking, time he's badass. I was thinking like then he becomes a superhero, and he's like I'm Batman. <laughs> Yes. Um, and I love this because now I'm good with him. Mm-hmm. We're on good terms. Me and him are on good terms. You acknowledged it. You felt bad. And mm-hmm. now you want to redeem yourself. This yeah. is what I needed. Mm-hmm. And he's punching that douche kid, even though it hurts him. He's like, punch, out yeah. my head. Punch, out my head. Like, yeah. Buffy burns the demon. which And he starts to do his Joe Cocker impersonation. <laughs> what would you do if I sang out of tune? Okay. Would you like me on fire, Buffy? It's lucky for her that that was the way to kill him. Yep. Cassie says to Spike, she'll tell you. Someday she'll tell you. And the douche still wants to know, where are my infinite riches? Ow, you bit me! <laughs> and it's it's like, if you've not seen a movie, don't don't say, don't yell that at this point. You know what's going to happen. And I'm so glad at this. <laughs> it's wonderful. Because, like, you don't want him to die. He's just a high school student. Like, the other ones just get the shit beat out of them, and they're crawling away, and they peed their pants. And him, like, he had a little bit of pain, maybe a few stitches. Learn your lesson. Uh, turns out that the booby-trapped exits was an arrow, and it comes <gasps> flying at Cassie's head, but Buffy grabs it out of the air. Yes, queen. But right then, Cassie dies. Yep. And it turns out that she had a heart irregularity. Dawn's reaction to this is heartbreaking. I just want to hug her. So what's the lesson in help? What do you do when you know you can't help? Mm-hmm. You try anyways. And we see that when Buffy, the next morning, is back in the counselor's office. Yep. She says, I don't know what I do. You go back. And you keep mm-hmm. trying. So what do you think of this one? And this is a pretty solid episode. Like, some of the high school quirky stuff doesn't fully work for me. I think tool time is... I, I get it. It's like a shorthand, but... Never found him to be a particularly good actor. Sorry if there's huge fans out there. All you. I thought you were saying like uh, calling him t- Tool Time. I know it's a shorthand from his real name. I'm like, no, you did that. You created that. <laughs> He'll always be Tool Time to me. Um, but like, just like his physicality is an easy stand-in for like you know privileged, toolish bully. Like, yeah, it's an easy shorthand. So I. I don't mind it that much, but some of those elements just feel like a little uninspired. But then there's lots of good stuff. I feel like uh, Cassie is really good. Mm-hmm. Azura uh, Sky, right? Mm-hmm. She's uh, she's really solid. Really sells the part, which is entirely what this episode needs. Without that, this episode would just be a slog, and you'd be like, "Just when is this girl gonna die mm. next Friday? I don't have time." But you actually like, "Oh, I don't want this person to die." She mm-hmm. seems like an, a nice person but yeah it's a little bit of a mixed bag but i'd say overall well, i like it yeah i i like it it's not i just don't think it's spectacular like it's one of those exactly. things like there's nothing wrong with it there's mm-hmm. just nothing like amazing about it the strong point i think you're right is cassie and her yeah. performance she's a fun character she's jokey she's mm-hmm. sweet like i want to be her friend yeah. 
Like she's just so nice to everybody. And like all, you know, her, her speech about all the things that she's not going to do. Like mm. I want so badly for her to have those things. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely the strong point of the episode. The culty kids is a little bit like, okay, I mean, reptile boy, we did this. Yeah. But fine. That's mm-hmm. fine. And since they're not, they really don't do anything with summon a demon that gets quickly killed. I'm kind of fine with them being a little stock. Mm-hmm. I always have a bad taste in my mouth when I hear the episode title, Help. Like, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, that one. Not, And I realize it's nothing to do with this episode. It's the way that I feel that this episode affects a more important episode later in the season mm. that makes me mad at this one. It's not this episode's fault, but it's just okay. like, yeah, later on, you're, you're elevating this episode to more than it is that it's not. Yeah, I'll have to look at that. I think I, I think I remember what you're talking about. But, mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so are you ready to maybe head to the Sunnydale International Airport and go international? Buffy Tapaja, Vampirite. Ernie Dragon, das Rhine Fleisch Canoe. Petri Rifle International. Frankly, help. Just pretty logical, not that interesting titles. Ayuda! Little boy the only other language i now i feel like the german title for help helpless good segue well done Uh, the the french title the prediction another one that's just yeah that is an element of that episode but i do prefer uh the titles for same time same place french is vice versa okay which isn't really what is happening but sure um and then german willow's world <laughs> Willow's World! Willow's Party time! World. Excellent! Gnarl's here! My skin's got eaten! Gnarly time! Excellent! Oh. oh, that's wonderful! Willow's World, gnarly time! Excellent! Yeah. That, I, uh, we're gonna record that in my ringtone. <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to celebrate Buffy's badassery with this week's Slay of the Week. Did you just shoot a gun? It's a tiny bow and arrow. Tiny bow and arrow. Not a lot of piggins. No, not I think there's not like so three. There's more, you know, beat up, beat em ups of the week. Sure. Uh, but I gotta go with the gnarl. I mean, it's an awesome villain and it gets its eyes poked out. That's yeah. cool. I'm not a giant fa- fan. Of, I also chose the, the gnarl. I'm, excuse me. Gnarl. <laughs> um, not because like I'm a big fan of the eye gouging out, but it is memorable mm-hmm. and just that fucking character. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Gnarl spinoff, right? No, nightmares. <laughs> Nightmare world. Gnarl's world. <laughs> oh, oh. We're going to do a podcast where it's w- Willow and Gnarl um, doing a Wayne's World style talk show. And then she made me go the most swing. <laughs> Stop trying to eat my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. You're going to eat my stomach. Thank you for tuning in to the Sunnydale Stacks. Please like us on Facebook. Look for us on Twitter and Instagram at Sunnydale Stacks to ask us questions or share your own opinions and memories about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The Sunnydale Stacks is a part of the 27th Letter Productions Network. Look for our sister podcast, Hey Do You Remember? And join us next time when we dust off Selfless and Him. When we get lost in the Sunnydale Stacks. 
also flies Sunnydale International Airlines. Nonstop, uh, nonstop flights to LA, the English countryside, and somewhere in Africa available. Blah, why can I not say this one sentence? <laughs> so fly Sunnydale International Airlines. Nonstop flights to LA, the English countryside, and somewhere. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> you become me. I become the Kristen. Um, I'm sorry, Kristen. <laughs> 